to episode 35 of the baby mamas who knows how many more episodes will fit in before the baby comes i know i'm 36 weeks pregnant and feeling it for sure yeah there might only be like two or three. Oh my god how many weeks okay approximately how many weeks do first time moms give birth at 41 weeks plus three days so how many weeks from now is that five weeks and two days how do you know that so quickly? Because <laughs> I do math in my head. Oh. Okay. And we usually do like an episode every... Two or three weeks. Uh, yeah. We try and do it every week, but it doesn't happen. It's. I don't know if it's... It happened every week maybe at the beginning when we were super gung-ho and you weren't super pregnant. <laughs> well, and this place was brand new, so no one was booking the rooms. Yeah. It was easier to get the bookings and... Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So it might only be two or three. I was talking to my friend who's going to be at the birth and I was telling her how I want her, even if it seems like it's really inappropriate, every like 10 or 15 minutes to like pull out my phone and just like record whatever's happening mm-hmm. or even feel like she can ask questions or just like record random conversations that we're mm-hmm. having. She's like, for your podcast. I was like, yes, for our podcast. It's very it's important. important. Mm-hmm. It's important to us. And we know you all want to hear exactly what happens during our labor and, and delivery. So lucky. <laughs> Jackie and I tried perineal massage today. <laughs> it was interesting. Um, it was scary. Yeah. I wasn't scared. I was just sort of like, yeah. So if you don't know what perineal massage is, it is preparing your perineum, which is the, what is it? The area between... The bottom of your vagina and your It's your butt taint. Hole. Yeah, your taint. <laughs> and it's stretching that out manually, getting it prepared for a baby's giant fucking head to come through it. And I actually always thought that it was an external thing, but no, it's internal. You have to go in to the, into the vagina a little bit. Yeah, you do. And so, that was... Yeah, I felt like I was hurting you, but I was barely, you were hurting me, but I was barely doing anything. I which was just is following what the is, instructions, which is terrifying because now uh, it's like, OK, you were like barely touching me with your finger and something 10 times that size is going to be coming out of it, ripping it. And I was like, "Wah!" her head's going to be more than 10 size, 10 times the size of my finger. Well, but you also have to remember, A, it was the first time we've done it and it's going to get less difficult. B, you were resisting a little bit. You were clenching and tightening up and you need to like relax into it and breathe into the pain, which is really good practice for birth. And when you're in labor, there's more things happening to stretch that out. You're having contractions, which are stretching it out, right? So it's not just, it's not comparable. You can't say like, because it hurts right now, it is going to hurt. I mean, (laughs) labor and delivery is going to hurt, but... Well, this is just the plight of someone who has a tiny, perfect vagina. <laughs> Jesus. 
And just very competitive about how her vagina is so tight and small. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if that's true. It's the the benefit of doing it is to prepare to prepare it for stretching and then also for you to get used to that burning sensation Mm -hmm. i know and she kept being like it hurts i was like i know it's supposed to no it's not supposed to (laughs) no it is did you not read the instructions it's supposed to be a slight burning this feels like you're stabbing me i know and i was like barely putting any pressure oh my god it's gonna be so terrible toughen up buttercup i'm getting so i'm getting a little bit too much in my head about actually giving birth at this point well not to mention we have other more salient things at the moment to be stressed about for you. Um, so Ange recently has developed really intense and hor- horrific inflammation of her sciatica to the point where she can't sit, like at all. And when she does sit for long periods of time, aka working sitting at a desk or sitting in the car doing her outreach work, it gets even worse. And then she's like basically crippled in crippling pain. So yeah, our midwife said, you're done. No more work for you, lady, because you can't work laying down. So go home and stay there. <laughs> yeah, the worst part is like transitioning from sitting to standing. Oh, my God. I d- so many, like every morning I get up, I get up and I sit on the bed and I like prepare myself <laughs> mentally to stand up. That's like how bad it is. Yeah. It sucks. It's getting, it's like improved because I haven't been doing much. I've basically spent the last three days on the couch no saturday sunday monday tuesday and today's wednesday so that's five days actually well yesterday i went for a little walk so yeah but you haven't been i think the main problem is that sitting in being in that sitting position sitting at work all day you know how they say sitting is the new smoking well when you have sciatica and you're eight months pregnant it's like way it's like smoking a thousand cigarettes a day or something and definitely not as cool no you're not gonna like get to hang out with the cool kids because you sit all day Mm, but if you smoke kids you'll get to hang out with the cool kids (laughs) we're gonna be excellent parents Mm -hmm. anyway so yeah it, it was hard for you to accept the fact that you had to be off of work. You felt guilty. You really wanted to go to work. It's it's a little stressful. And you also still have a little bit of work that you need to finish that, that's important to you. I mean, I'm sure your supervisor could pick it up. but I could just say fuck it and not do it. But then that's just shitty. Mm-hmm. I think once this week's over, you'll feel a little bit more settled or, or less because we're also fil- having a, a film crew rent out our apartment. Yeah, if anyone watches iZombie, they're coming to film in our apartment. Yeah, so we will be displaced for a week almost, or six nights, I guess. Which isn't the worst thing in the world because they're putting us up in some luxury apartments downtown. And there's a rooftop saltwater pool. And we don't have to deal with our motherfucking cats. Mm -hmm. They're going to be boarded. They're going to be off on their own little vacation. It's true. The place we found for them is totally a cat vacation. It's like a... A place where the cats get like they're not locked in cages because the last time we did this we did that and my cat roxy did not like that she basically was like angry and in like defense mode the whole time hissing and growling and spitting so we were like that's not really fair to do and since we're not paying for it we may as well find them somewhere where they they'll be more comfortable so they get these little like it's almost like a closet. They get like their <laughs> own little room and it's got like a cat tower and it's got little spots for them to hide and little a window so they can look out the window and they give them like treats. And so I think hopefully this goes much 
better than the last time. Yeah, because she was in she was in like sensory deprivation for like yeah. the three days that she. Yeah, was because there. they said the best way to like deal with her was to put her in her kennel with a towel over it. So she was in like the dark in a kennel for three or four days. I think it was three days last time. Yeah, which is just. Yeah. So this is it's her s- own fault for being like the worst cat in the world. But. Um, I don't think that's true. Cats are like traditionally very territorial. So anyway, so that's what's happening with our cats in case you were <laughs> wondering. Um, but also, yeah, it's. I think it's, it'll be nice to sort of just be somewhere else. It's a little stressful right now because we have to pack up. We have to make sure, you know, we put put all the things that are really like valuable and important to us away so that they're not sort of ac- accessible to the film crew. And then it. it it's a little stressful to me because we've got the baby's room already and I know they're going to be moving some furniture out. So I'm like, hopefully they don't wreck the crib that I just spent ages painting. Hopefully they don't mess anything up um, or make anything, you know, dirty or because we, we washed should, all of we her should clothes. Talk to the, we washed her bedding. We're washed like everything's like ready for her. So we should talk to the location manager and just say like that crib scratches so easily because it mm-hmm. does because mm-hmm. it's not sealed the way you would traditionally seal something it's been waxed so yeah if they bump it up against something there's going to be a huge scratch yeah because that's the thing like you can't replace it i painted it and i'm not doing it again it was so much work (laughs) but anything that they fuck up they have to replace brand new yeah but i they can't the thing is they can't buy me that crib again because i painted it it's like a you can't buy that color of a crib and i really like it and it looks very nice so it's a little stressful on that end, but we're getting some extra cash, which is really helpful. So it's good timing in that sense. I think once we're back home and we're back in our house and everything's settled, we'll feel better. So yeah, we've just got a lot. And we, today today we went through, a, we made a list of like everything we want to do before the baby's born in five to six weeks, I'm guessing. Uh, or even like two, it could happen that soon, I guess. Uh, it's a long list. So <laughs> I thought we were like close to ready, but it's we're, not- we're ready enough where if she did come like tonight for some reason, yeah, we'd be we okay. Have, we'd be fine. Yeah. It's just, well, actually tonight would be real challenging because I have a shift tomorrow night that I can't not show <laughs> up for. So <laughs> well, I'm just saying like in yeah. terms of stuff and readiness, like she has somewhere to sleep. She has clothes yeah. to wear. Yeah. We have things. It's not like we're completely unprepared. Yeah. No, that's true. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) I just like I like having everything sort of organized and ready and clean. And so for me, I want to like clean under the bed in our room and I want us to get new. I, I added to the list, by the way, we need new pillows in our bedroom. Oh, I was thinking about it and if she's going to be in there and these pillows are pretty old and you're supposed to replace your pillows like every couple of years because they just get full of your dead skin cells. It grosses me out when I think about it. So I think we should get new pillows and like I want to go to the bank and have an appointment about like RESPs and, and like financial stuff. And I just want to be really organized. Does she need RS, RESPs as soon as she's born? Yes. Oh, no. I just want to know. I just I just don't think we're going to have a lot of time after, you know. Yeah. And then we're like. I'm off for a little bit and then I'm working and then we go to Australia. So we just have a lot of stuff going on. So I I feel like it's better now to get it done because we have a lot more downtime. And then we also wrote out a plan of like who can come the first day. We decided because we listened to Sandra's podcast. Change of address. If you haven't heard it, go listen. It's funny and it's informative. And it made me cry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think it's her newest episode. I don't think anything. No, there's one more after that. Oh. Uh, anyway, the it's episode... It's one that's called, And Then There Were Four. 
Yes. So we listened to that and they were talking about how the second day of having a baby is the worst because the baby is still learning to feed and your milk isn't like good enough. So the baby's like losing weight and is hungry. The baby's like starving the whole day and basically cries all day. So we're like, maybe that day people can come over and help, but they're not coming over for a visit and a cuddle. They're just going to come over if they want to, if they're willing to. And we have had some offers not bragging <laughs> but they can come over and cook and clean for us but i think day two will just sort of But their expectations have to be that i might be in the bedroom alone the entire time they're there and they might not see the baby or you might be in the bedroom feeding the baby the whole time yeah or she might be screaming her head off the whole time yeah so so and, and then day three are the butt crust visitors <laughs> the ones that we well, day one uh, we kind of even made a plan on like who gets called first and who gets called second and then ha- who's calling those people how are people notified who's allowed to come in and we even had a conversation about there aren't a lot of little kids there's just my uh, our niece who's nine and she's i'm not worried about it but angela's a little concerned that she's like she's you know she's very energetic and she's like i don't know if i'm going to be able to handle that sort of energy and i was like i think Honestly, and this, I use this example from Sandra's podcast, that when their son came in to meet their, their new baby, um, even as like a little toddler was just like, Jackie's tearing up. This is the part that (laughs) made me cry. This is one of the parts that made me cry. I was just like, oh my God, that's so sweet that they like made, he like came in like very quietly and was like very gentle. And then they made a point to make sure that he was the first person that got to hold the baby other than them. Just touched my heart anyway (laughs) i totally am fucking tearing up it's ridiculous anyway so it's really really good podcast and it it made me think a lot about what we will want and what and i think it's good to tell like close friends and family sort of what to expect so like we're not going to be posting on facebook probably for days because it just like don't want everyone kind of intruding on that space i feel like the first and we talked about this in our birth class, too. Like, the first few days are really special and really important. Yeah, our, the person that taught our class was like, you shouldn't leave your bedroom. Yeah, basically, the first three days after the baby's born, you should be naked, feeding, in bed, and that's it. Because it takes a while to establish your milk production and establish feeding and get used to the fact that you have a baby and you're exhausted because you've gone through labor and delivery and having... And also just, like even though it's a common thing and I think it's like more common in hospital births. So I'm actually really thankful that we're not doing one. Hopefully that just like you get so many people coming in and visiting and they want all want to hold the baby. And all of that is interrupting the like really important bonding time that like that kid needs to be on your boob and like you need to be on each other's skin to skin, getting all those pheromones, having all that bonding time. And it's really important. And when you have a baby being passed around to all these people, all these like feeding cues are getting missed. And like you're not. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting in our prenatal class, how they talked about like when you have that and the baby's getting passed around, people try and soothe the baby when it starts to cry. Mm -hmm. But really what should be happening is they should, if it were with the mom only, you would be like, okay, I'm going to try and feed right now. So then the baby's getting passed around for like an extra 20 minutes and people are trying to like calm it down nicely. Can you stop saying it? (laughs) Well, I'm talking about all babies, boys or girls. Okay, well then just say the baby. It just sounds so (laughs) weird. The baby is getting passed around and not being fed and getting hungrier and angrier and more upset. And then by the time the baby gets back to the mom to feed, it's like in such a state of like, (gasps) that it can't relax. And then it's more difficult for it to latch and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, so they were really stressed and actually had 
I think we already talked about this a bit, but um, had these other people who had had, like recently had a baby come in and talk about that. And they were like, you know, it was amazing because they had their parents living with them at the time. And they basically just didn't have to do anything. They were like, it was just us and the baby and our parents didn't expect anything. They just did all the cooking and cleaning and took care of us and fed us and that was it. And they were like, you know, honestly, don't have a ton of visitors. Don't have a ton of people coming in to like hold the baby because it really is important to have like it's like some of the most critical time to start establishing like when the milk when just getting used to feeding the baby and having the baby used to getting fed and you know sometimes a lot of people have issues with breast breastfeeding right away so anything that's going to like impede that being a more smooth sort of transition is not really worth it and you know of course we want our friends and family to come and meet her, meet the baby and like see us afterwards but I but think you don't need like a torrent of 15 people yeah. in one day yeah all expecting you know an hour of cuddle time like it's insane sometimes yeah and i think honestly even on day one people need to expect like maybe you won't get to hold her and it's not because we don't trust you it's just it's not best for what we need at that moment so i think for me i really want to be able to talk to our friends and family if you're if you listen to this then you'll know and have those expectations managed so that we don't have anybody really disappointed because i've done that before you go meet a baby and you're like oh i can't hold it and you get a little sad and it's like but you know you'll see her again you'll hold her another time and there's lots of time for that there just isn't a lot of time to really like i think that like having that the idea that like those first three days are very special very sacred sacred i don't know if that's too religious but (laughs) (laughs) just very like important days to prioritize to start establishing a routine Yeah. yeah 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 what are your biggest concerns like before all this what are your biggest concerns about the birth like what are you nervous about Hmm. well i mean i think normal stuff like i hope there's no complications i really hope that we get to have a home birth i really hope that it's sort of the typical like regularly progressing you know i I don't want it to be really fast is this stuff that you're worrying about though or just stuff you don't want to happen like is there anything anything in particular that i'm like um yeah i think after our foray into the perineal massage today i'm like ooh, you still and and i've been saying this for months anytime anything hurts you 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 tense up and hold your breath and that is the absolute opposite of what you need to do in pain and when we're talking about you know labor and delivery like the laboring the contractions the way to get through it is to breathe into the pain and even when we do yoga we i talk to you about this because i have so much practice doing that in yoga i was doing that when we were doing the perineal massage i was breathing and then you were like we should stop no you were breathing through your nose i was like try i was trying to get you to breathe with me and you wouldn't do it so that i i'm like worried that you're not going to you're going to get lost in in the pain and not remember all the things that we've been told and taught and practiced and I don't want you to get mad at me when I'm trying to make you do it because today you weren't listening to me at all. I was like, okay, I was like breathing with you and I was like, breathe in. And and then I would like push down and have try, was trying to get you to breathe out through your mouth like as I pushed down and you weren't doing it. So I... I think that I was like in my head because I was worried that you were like doing it too hard or you're doing it wrong. So I was like thinking about it too much. So I wasn't able we to... We read so many instructions. I don't think there's any way... I know. To- I was just surprised at how it felt. Yeah. I think that's what was kind so, of keeping me from being able to like relax because I was like, I don't know, are we doing this right? Maybe she, it's too hard. Maybe it's too. I really wasn't putting a lot of pressure at all. Like, give me your hand. See, that's so light. My poor vagina. 
So I'm just hoping that with like more practice with the perineum massage, because we're supposed to do it every day. I don't like we honestly aren't kind of like I don't think it's going to harm us to do this. I don't know if it's necessarily going to make it better, but anything that could potentially prevent tearing is a good thing. I'm worried about tearing. I'm worried about. I'm so worried about tearing. I'm worried about you not doing the things that we know will make it less difficult. I think the difference between the perineal massage situation and labor is that, well, there's huge differences. (laughs) Obviously, but I'm saying in terms of how I'll react is that it starts out slow. Yeah. And so I can get into a rhythm of doing the breathing yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, it's not going to be like when we were talking about when I got that leg cramp, it's not going to suddenly come on. Yeah. And I'm going to be no, like, ah. It's true. But I also just really want you to like, even with all this sciatica pain, when you have, when you stand up and you have that instant like shock of pain, I know it's, it's, it's similar, right? It's similar in the sense that like it's muscles that are inflamed. It's muscles that are spasming, which is very similar to physiologically anyway, to the way that the uterus is going to be contracting. Your instant reaction is still to <gasps> instead of <sighs> through it, you know? So I really am trying to like get you to do that as much as possible now to practice, but I don't feel like you listen to me. So I'm, and I'm not saying that I know everything, but I'm, this is what we were told by people who do know these things. So I want you to practice doing it. And I feel like that's going to be a lot of my support is going to be breathe, 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 breathe. Stop holding your breath. Let go. Breathe into the, you know, like instead of, I mean, I don't know what else I would be doing anyway, but (laughs) (laughs) I just feel like it's going to be a lot of that. And I, it makes me think of when um, my sister was telling us about one of her births. My mom was there and she would literally every try, every contraction would say like, unfurl your brow breathe out like she was giving her very specific instructions the same ones every time so that's Mm -hmm. that's what i'm worried about and then it's pretty much it like i feel i feel like we are doing everything we can to prepare we're informed we have all the equipment we need we have all the support people we need i trust all of our birth attendants like immensely so i don't i'm not worried about any of the like medical stuff like if we have to transfer to hospital i know that will be fine if you know, if it takes forever, I know we'll get through it. But I do worry about just how you're going to deal with the contraction pain. And I'm I'm hopeful that you will do the things that we know will make it. I mean, it's not it's not going to nothing's going to make it not hurt. It's going to hurt. But it, hopefully you can get into it and like be able to kind of go internal instead of resisting the pain. You can like sink into it and like kind of become become the pain. become the pain not become the pain but just like be one with the pain so that it's not like something that's happening to you it's something that you're experiencing does that make sense yeah do you think about that i do i watched this video that freaked me out i wish i hadn't watched it <laughs> oh, but it no. was seriously should have had a like this warning disclaimer on it because it was titled on youtube my wonderful water birth and it was this woman she's sitting at a pool She's like moaning. It looks totally normal. There's a midwife there taking the heartbeat of the baby. And I guess the baby starts to crown and she starts to scream like a murder scream. And she just go, starts going, get it out, get it out, get it out. And she's like shrill scream, screaming. And the midwife is like, stop screaming. And she stands up 
And the midwives have to, like, catch the baby midair from, like, splashing into the pool because this woman is, like, freaking out. And then just sits down and, like, cries and blah, 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 and continues on. And everyone's like, oh, the baby. And I'm like, did you not see the fucking crazy banshee this woman just turned into? Like, what the fuck? And why would you post that on YouTube? And why would you call it my wonderful water birth? Because it did not look wonderful. You were screaming to get it out of you. Oh, my God. It was terrifying because I was like, oh, this is nice. Oh, the pool. And then I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm afraid of being like that. I'm afraid of, like, losing my shit because I don't want to lose my shit. You know what, though? I think that's, like, to be expected. I think it's pretty common. But I'm hoping that we can keep you from getting to that. Yeah. And then I watched this other birth and this woman was, like, so chill and she had her earphones in and it's so quiet. No one's saying anything. And she just goes, the baby's head is out. And the midwife's like, oh turn over so she turns over and then like a couple pushes later no noise whatsoever from anybody she must have been practicing hypno baby i think she was like that's totally there's like we didn't really do this and i don't know if i don't know i mean it's it's sort of like a form of meditation um which is like more extreme than what most people will do but i think that's what it does is it it gets you to the point where you can practice your your internalization so much that you just like it just happens. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, it would. I really hope that you're able to find that sort of place of like calm. And well, I did download some some like serene soundscapes. Have you been working on your playlist? Maybe I'll listen to. I add things here and there, but I don't know. There's no there's no songs that like really stand out to me. That I'm like, I want to listen to this when I'm giving birth. It's just sort of like, okay, that's like a nice chill song. Yeah, my biggest concerns are losing my shit tearing to my asshole or up the front oh my god i don't even want to talk about it i that was another thing i was like jackie what if i tear up the front up my clitoris and then lose all sensation but the other i mean i mean that's like a pretty extreme case that's not likely to happen but But it's possible of course it's possible so many things are possible but if it's if it's like a, the nerve sensation that you lose, nerves regenerate. It will take years, but eventually you could get your sensations back. I don't it's know about you, but you my clitoris is like really important to me. No, mine is important to me too. But is it more important than having a baby? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> oh, that's a hard decision. I know. The thing is, like, yes, it could happen. Also, you know, you could get you know, held up at knife point and then, like, kidnapped and then, like, raped and then, you know, beaten to death and then, like, left for, like, the dogs to eat you. Mm, but that's... Stop teasing. Just, like, in life, that's, like, one of those things that, yeah, it could happen, but it's probably not going to happen. So the thing I've been trying to get through to my beautiful, lovely, worrying wife is that Thinking about stuff like that, worrying about it, spending time and energy towards something that's super unlikely is a complete waste of time. You can't do anything about it. You can't. I mean, we're we're doing everything we can in the sense that we're doing the perineal massage. We're um, we have a home birth, so that's probably that. I mean, that already reduces our chance of tearing. And the water birth. And the water birth reduces your chance of tearing. The fact that you're going to catch the baby partially is going to reduce your chance of tearing like we're doing everything we can to make that unlikely Mm -hmm. so uh, barring those things 
worrying about what if I tear up the front? Like, you can't do anything else about it. You can't prevent it. You can't control it. So you just have to put that out of your head. Anytime will you still that, love me? Of course love I will. Love me and my broken clitoris? Of course I will. You might not be happy. <laughs> oh, my poor clitoris. The point is that, like, lots of things could go, you know, there are lots of exceptions that could occur. Anything that's, like, negative, it could happen, but we're going to deal with it because that's what we do. And we're going to be fine. But the point is we're having a baby. Yeah. And this is, like, the thing we've wanted for so long. And every time I think about it, I get so happy and so excited. And I feel so lucky that we finally got this to all. I know it's going to happen. But I seriously was just thinking, like, of how when we started this podcast, how hard everything felt, how difficult it was. How much pressure I felt because I know that this, or I knew at that time that this was like the thing that you wanted your whole life to be a mom, how important it was, how how like massive it was in your life. And it wasn't going as well as or e- easily as I thought it would, even though in really in hindsight, it wasn't that bad. But in the moment, I felt so much pressure. Like, this is my job. This is my duty as her wife is to get her pregnant, is to figure this out, to make this happen. And the fact that all of that led to this is like I I just feel so lucky I don't know how else to say it I feel so lucky that it worked and that we're here and that you've had aside from the sciatica you've had mostly completely normal pregnancy no major issues and I just hope that it keeps continuing in this same direction because I think the reason that things have happened like this for us is because we do our research because we know what we're talking about we make the choices that are best for us and that will work for what we want Okay, but let's talk about birth defects. Oh, God. So ah! I've been looking. <laughs> this is exactly what I'm talking about. No, we're not. What if oh, she's born with like those lobster hands? We'll love her and we'll get her surgery. Okay. And we may have to hide her from the world, but that's fine. I, I mean, can deal with a tail, but the lobster hands, I don't know about that. Those are very unlikely. Hmm. This is what she's like all the time. And now, because she's not working, she has more time to think about this shit. I am, I do sometimes get these fucking ideas in my head about birth defects. And I'm just like, no, stop it. I have no control over my brain. This is something that we know You just have all to, too when, well. When those thoughts enter your head, you just have to say, no, I'm not thinking about that. Everything's going to be fine. I get it from my mom. You know what she told oh, me? When God. she was pregnant with my, with her first child. words could never be spoken. <laughs> When she was pregnant with my brother, my oldest brother, so her first baby, pre-internet, obviously, she would go, she would actually go out of her way to go to the library to, like, find medical textbooks and look up birth defects. That's even worse than you. But yes, that's where you I am from. not actively seeking birth defects. They happen <laughs> upon my searches on the internet occasionally, which is terrifying, but... I'm like, whoa, mom. She's like, I know. And I would just look at them and think, yep, that's going to be my baby. It's going to have this. And then he was fucked up. No, (laughs) (laughs) no, he was fine Uh, then. Um, (laughs) Two of your brothers ended up with like issues, right? Because your second brother was premature and sick, right? Kind of sickly. Uh, Well, he was premature. So that comes with complications like he was having trouble breathing and his digestive system was kind of messed up so he had like really bad colic and and then your your youngest brother was had like was it hip or knee 
He has leg purse disease, but that didn't come till later. Yeah, but it's still. But that's the thing is what I'm what I'm saying. Like you worry about all this stuff, and you still like they're normal, healthy. They're physically normal, healthy adults now. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely don't put normal in there. Um, Their physical development (laughs) went fine. That's all I can say. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Something that I've noticed that recently started to bother me is that all the baby apps. And whenever you look up like 36 weeks pregnant and the birthing center or whatever will come up and be like, your baby has this, 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 and this. And it shows like a little picture of what the baby looks like. They are always, 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 always 100% of the time white. white. Yeah. I've never seen one of those things it's not really be a white baby. Up. It's really messed up. Like at least have the option to be like, do you want this color baby? Do you want this color baby? I mean, baby? We, we happen to be having a white baby as far as we know. Who knows? Maybe they didn't give us. I the think about that too. Do you? Yeah, but like some the sort of like going to come out. And it's going to be like I don't know Mexican. You're going to be like, what the fuck? Yeah, or yeah, because our our donor number was like one two three, and the person grabbed like one three two, and that's like a black donor. We're going to have a black baby. <laughs> and we're going to be like, oh okay, that's somebody awesome. asked us, or one of our when we were on our trip, one of our friends asked us if that's something we would be open to, and I said I, that I don't feel qualified to have a, a child that's not white because I'm not uh, because I'm white I can't understand I wouldn't be able to like ex- I don't think I would do a good enough job of parenting that child and preparing them for the world that is like so not equal yeah I feel the same way I mean I think parents can do that I just I don't feel like I could I have grown up in like one of the whitest lives ever like everybody I know is white pretty much I have very few yeah you're pretty racist <laughs> It's not because I'm racist. It's because it's just, like, my surroundings, I guess. Yeah. Also, there's, like, really not a lot of black people in Vancouver which or in BC, really. There's none to choose from. Well, when there's there are fewer, it's, like, <laughs> less likely that... It's not like I don't want black friends. <laughs> God, everything I'm saying in my head, I'm like, racist, racist, <laughs> racist. That sounds racist. But I don't want them too much. Like, I don't want, like, a trophy black friend. I just want, like, a normal... Yeah. No, I know what you mean. I don't but, have a bias against people who are, like, I am happy to have friends of all different creeds, races, colors, sexual orientations, gender presentations, everything. But it just hasn't happened in my life that much. Yeah. So I feel like it would be very challenging to have a child that was, like, from a very different culture or a very different race or one that I, like, don't really know anything about or especially something, like, where there's not really any access to that culture here but we are we are racist because well everybody's racist. speaking for myself but i'm gonna assume it's the same for you mm. y- you probably had this as well growing up in vancouver i'm scared lower mainland whatever you're gonna say I'm that in school there was like a congregation of asian kids yeah would you ever go talk to them or try and befriend them or did they feel off limits like oh i don't i'm not gonna they probably don't even speak english even though they probably did well i mean that's hard to answer because i've i've that's okay that's one race i've had a lot of friends i've had a lot of asian friends okay but i'm saying because like i think there's a lot but, the but ones think, but they probably okay. came to you no 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 no. okay i'm trying to explain this here so that's the thing is like here especially in the lower mainland mainland we have a lot of there's a large asian population so i have a, a lot of asian friends and that's sort of just because of like circumstance right but um i've had lots of friends through school or through dance or through work or whatever however else we make friends um, who are Asian that um, but I guess what you're asking is people who are new immigrants 
and that sort of is that what you mean like because for me it was only like that really in high school that's that what i'm talking like about a, i'm a saying large, in high like school. A, i'm not talking about now now we're like more aware of no, it no i know and i know but in high school yes there was definitely multiple groups of like newer immigrants who were asian who did not not speak a lot of english but you just look past it's not that I looked past them. It's just that, like, they were kind of in their group doing their own thing, and I was in my group doing my exactly. own thing. Exactly. But I think that's just high school also. Like, th- there are a lot of people that didn't talk to me because I was in, like, this group of, like, we were kind of the weirdo French kids, you know? So there were a lot of people that just didn't talk to us because we were – we had all of our classes together, so we didn't really get a lot of interaction with other people in the school. Yeah. So I don't know if that's a racist thing or if that's just, like – I think that's just high school where everybody it's high school's kind of like prison you know everyone that's similar just clumps up and keep like safety in numbers but you're going for people that are similar yeah because it feels safe yeah so that's racism. So i think it, i don't know if that's racism more i think it's not fueled by racism it's fueled Diane, by just admit you're racist i am racist <laughs> everybody has racist thoughts and and feelings and beliefs that's like i will not deny that i do my best to fight all of that but uh, I do believe that everybody should be treated equally. I do believe everyone should have the same rights. But I really think that in high school, that whole division, I think it's fueled by insecurity. Because every kid is in the same position of feeling judged and, and trying to figure out who they are. And you have tons of hormones going through your body and everything's so different. And you're in a new environment. There's so many different people. And out of insecurity and fear, you just go for whoever either is familiar with you, to you, who's usually, which are usually the kids that you grew up with, if you're in if you're like lucky enough to be in the same place that you went to middle school elementary school whatever and then i think it's probably the same for kids who are newer immigrants to the country who don't speak like who are because we we also had a big esl program in our school which i think a lot of schools in lower mainland do so those kids all clump together because they're like i don't fucking know anything about this country no i don't speak english very well so maybe i don't feel secure enough to talk to all these you know native english speakers so I think it's not necessarily racism. I don't think it's that simple. It it could play into it for sure, but I think it does. I just think that we don't where it starts it's so easy as like you look at someone and you make a judgment about whether or not they can speak English and you choose not to speak to them or to like look at them or whatever. Mm-hmm. You don't even notice that happening. Yeah. It's I think because it's like ingrained. You, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So then you put on, "Oh, well, you know, they're even, keeping to themselves and it's like I'm so doing the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And there was, and like looking back, I think that in high school, I would notice a kid would come out of that group and would talk in class or something. And I'd be like, oh, they speak perfectly fine English. Mm. But I totally assumed that they didn't because they hung out with like all the Asian ESL kids in that one part of the hallway mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't know how we got talking about racism. I was trying to talk. Oh, yeah. I was talking about the baby apps. Right. Fuck you, baby apps. Have options, man. Yeah. I really like our app, but it would piss me off if I was not white and that was the only option. It would really piss me off. And it's not even but just that app. It's but that's the, the fucking entire internet. Yeah. And it's not just it's not just that app. It's everything. So, like, even trying to imagine what that would feel like, it's like that would be a blip on the radar of somebody who's not white because everything is biased against them. Yeah. And I was thinking about this. I think I read it in an article and I was like, holy shit, it never occurred to me. One, because I'm not religious, but two, because I'm white. But God and Jesus always depicted as white, and they're this sometimes supreme. Sometimes. No, but they're never depicted as black. No, sometimes they're sometimes like Middle Eastern. 
Sometimes, well, I, I've seen images of him depicted as black, but it's not, it's like the very small exception. Okay, but the majority. Him being Jesus. Jesus? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's like someone going out of their way to like make that. I don't think a Catholic church or a Christ or some no. sort of like Episcopalian whatever would ever be like, oh yeah, and Jesus was black, by the way, we're going to put up a huge monument to him. Yeah. You wouldn't see anything in like the Vatican or anything that would depict them mm-hmm. as anything other than white. And then there are also, so many followers. Also, he's supposed to be Jewish, so the chances of him having like light brown hair and being so like pale, very slim. Yeah, exactly. So he's sometimes... like olive skin, with dark hair. Yeah. And if... It, yeah, sometimes they do. Sometimes they do depict him as Middle Eastern. Mm-hmm. That's more common, but most often it's like he's almost blonde with blue eyes, mm-hmm. practically, and super, super white. And then think about I don't think if blue eyes, I think just like light brown eyes. Okay, you're not letting me get to my fucking point. Anyway, imagine being a little black kid and knowing that God is like the supreme being and made everyone in his image. And he's the number one and he's white. Mm-hmm. And then you're living in a society where white people are the number one. Like it's just further putting in that idea that you are lesser than. Yeah. And that's same for like Latino people or anyone who isn't white, who is Christian or Catholic or looks up to this God. Who are the majority of people in the world are not yeah. white. It's crazy. How do we see? Like how do you, so much, how do you yeah. resolve that in yourself as a religious person? I don't get that. How do you resolve all the weird... Uh, so this makes me think of that like a girl campaign Mm -hmm. where they that video that we watched i don't actually was was this something else it was in it was set in britain uh it was the redraw the stereotypes or something it was this little video they did in the uk where they asked kids to draw certain professions like a fighter pilot and a firefighter and a A surgeon. surgeon and I think, what was it, like 95% of the kids drew them as male. Yep. They had male names, they were men, and then they, and then this is the part where I fucking started crying. So then they brought in a fighter pilot and a firefighter and a surgeon, and they were all women. And it was like, yes. And the kids were like, huh? Their faces were, they were like dumbfounded. They were like, what? Girls can do that? I was just like, fuck, yes. This is like not even just talking about racism but like we don't even have gender equality it's fucking 2016 and people still don't treat women equally to men still it's fucking infuriating i can't it's so upsetting i don't want my little girl to feel like that Mm -hmm. i don't want the world telling her there's something wrong with her because she has a vagina and breasts I was trying to explain this to my mom today and it was, she was kind of, she was getting it, but then she was also arguing against me. She was like agreeing with me and then arguing. It was weird because she was like, the conversation started out with her saying, I want to, you and I to go out and I want to buy, I want to spend 50 or $60 on a couple dresses for the baby. I was like, first of all, that's insane. Mm -hmm. 50 to $60 for a couple dresses. Jesus Christ. Especially from someone who is on a very limited income. Yeah. Anyway. Very stupid. Because I want some nice pictures of her in these dresses and i'm like okay that's fine and she actually said like when she gets out of the hospital i was like mom i'm not putting her in like a frilly dress as soon as she gets out of the hospital just so you know she's like no no i'm talking about like later on i was like okay fine and she's like why do you have such a problem with her wearing a dress is this and she said this is she gonna be a gay baby and i was like excuse me 
My jaw just hit the floor, by the way. She said, is she going to be a gay baby? Yeah, I was like, what did you just say? Ah! She goes, oh, my God. Ah! <laughs> that makes like, me so mad. Is she going to be a gay baby? I was like, because she doesn't wear dresses. I was like, mm, does Sarah not wear dresses? Does Jackie not wear dresses? Do I not wear dresses? She's like, oh, when do you wear dresses? I was like, at special occasions at my wedding? I wear dresses when it calls for it. Yeah, I don't have one one on me every single day. But You're not no. the kind of woman that would just put on a sundress on like a Tuesday. But that doesn't mean you never wear a dress. No. And and wearing a dress doesn't mean you can't be gay. And being gay doesn't mean you can't wear a dress. That's and what then, I said. Oh, oh. oh my God. I'm so sad. Yeah, I was but like, she mom. said it as like a pejorative. Yeah. I was like, mom, that's so offensive. And it doesn't even make fucking sense. And then I was like, the reason that I don't want her. Why I'm not like, yes, pink and dresses all the time has nothing to do with being gay. It has to do with the fact that we live in a patriarchal society. I don't want my daughter hypersexualized when she's a toddler. I don't want her wearing dresses, which for the most part, you dress women in a certain way because it makes men happy, mm-hmm. not necessarily because it's comfortable for the women. And I was trying to explain this to her and she was like, kind of getting it and kind of not. And then she was talking about how, well, in, you know, in Islam, you know, women have to wear the burkas and she was talking about that i was like okay do you see how that is a certain way of dressing that oppresses women because of men it's to control their sexuality because men can't men are unable to control their their urges so we have to cover the women up so that they don't tempt us yeah and i was like do you kind of see how it's like an extreme version of forcing girls to wear dresses and pink yeah i was like do you see how maybe the the softening of women and the forcing them to wear high heels and dresses and things like this and make pink and makeup is also for men so it's kind of the exact same thing almost it's, it's just, just that we're oppre- used to this oppressive. to this oppression as opposed to that oppression and we've become so it's been forced down our throats for so long that we like it yeah and she was then she was saying well i've read about genetics and i know men and women are different i was like obviously yes they are men have very different physical makeups but that doesn't mean that women have to wear dresses like that makes no sense and it doesn't mean that women can't do all the things that men can do she's like well men are stronger i'm like yeah some men are stronger men are predisposed to build muscle quicker in certain parts of their body but that's not the same as men are stronger yeah lots of women are stronger and she was like well when i was younger I always played with boys and I climbed trees and it wasn't this big divide like it is in Canada. She's like, in Canada, there's such a difference. And then she actually brought up when I was younger and I played on a boys baseball team because I was a lot more advanced than the girls. And I, I guess because of my own like stereotypes or whatever, I was like, I don't want to play with the girls. Like they're shit. Mm-hmm. I want to be better and better equals boys. So I wanted to play on the boys hardball team and they wouldn't let me. And then I actually had to like write a letter my mom just reminded me of this. I had to write a letter to them being like, I think girls are amazing and let me on the team. And they did. But the coach was like so angry that I was on the team that he like treated me like shit and was super mean to me. Put me in the outfield, like never let me really play, ignored me. Um, and eventually I ended up quitting just because I didn't like dealing with that. Oh, my and God. That's she... totally like a Lifetime movie. I know. <laughs> Except you should have like risen above and become the best player on the team and won the championship for them. No. And she was like, yeah, you shouldn't have done that. You were just as good. as." So she gets it. Anyways, the whole point of this, I can't remember. But yeah, we're going to have a gay baby because she's we're not going to put her in dresses all day, every day. I hope she's not gay. <laughs> I hope she's straight. She probably will be. Yeah. 
most Chances are. Most people are. Mm-hmm. Except for the ones that aren't. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anywho. So that's a little bit about what's been going on and rattling around in our brains while we impatiently, I say impatiently because I'm so ready for this baby to come out. I want her to come out, although probably should wait until my work is done (laughs) on September 2nd. So baby, if you can hear me, which you can, come out on September 3rd, please. Okay, I could do September 3rd. I still hold the idea that she's going to be born on September 11th. I'm putting it down on the podcast. September 11th, I just have a feeling that's going to be the day. What what day are you going to say? Not what you want, but what you feel in your bones. I don't feel anything in my bones. I feel like she's probably going to come on like the 20th. <laughs> God, I hope not. <laughs> I don't want to go two weeks overdue. That I, scares me too. Yeah, it's not scary. It just sucks. I that It's extra big. It's just getting bigger. I also just want to finish off by saying congratulations to Sandra and Sarah and their newly uh, grown family. I'm so happy that you got back onto the podcasting. I can't believe you're able to (laughs) (laughs) with two kids. I think it's going to be really hard for us to do it even with just this one. But uh, we missed you and we're really glad that you guys are doing well and it sounds like you're happy with your wonderful little family, and I can't wait to be right in your shoes. Um, and thanks for the advice you've been slinging our way. It's been super helpful. Yes, it is really, really helpful. Um, and I just want you to know that we are listening, and all of that sharing is really helpful to us <laughs> right now because I am like, okay, day two. Like, nobody's coming to interrupt us. Like, I'm, I'm really taking it to heart. And hopefully that's what we can do for, for some of you. So now we're going to go out and have our anniversary dinner because we got married two years ago yesterday yeah it's Mm -hmm. kind of i'm a little sad because of all the baby stuff and all the things going on right now we just haven't really had the we haven't really been able to put a lot of effort towards our anniversary the two-year wedding anniversary yay it's nice but uh the 24th is our 10-year anniversary being together and everyone's like oh you should stop celebrating that fuck that that's more important to me (laughs) Uh, so much more, so much important things, so many important things happen in the first eight years of our, li- our lives together. So we're not going to disregard that. And I have to work that day. And it's just, it's kind of hard to do a big thing for it. And I really would have liked to celebrate it. But we decided we're just going to do a big celebration on our 11th. <laughs> so happy anniversary, my love. I would not be in the position I am today if it wasn't for you. And marrying you really was the best decision I ever made. Aw, that's so nice. Okay, bye. Bye. (laughs) Wait, I should say something nice. Oh. (laughs) Well, it seems very one-sided these days, so I wasn't even expecting it. Happy anniversary, Jackie. You're the best choice I've ever made. That's exactly what I said. I know, but it's true for me, too. Copycat. (laughs) (laughs) What if I just repeat my vows? Jackie. (laughs) you can't remember them there's lots of things i don't believe in but here are some things that i do i believe that your smile will always make my heart flutter and i believe that your perfectionism and my lazy fair attitude are perfect together Mm -hmm. i believe that i will always want to rush home to you and talk about my day I believe that your arms will always make me feel safe. This is pretty good. I'm impressed. I believe that 
I will love you even when I'm too stubborn to say it. And I believe that I'll love you long after I'm able to say it. Ugh, stop it. I'm going to cry. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, bye. bye. Let's just not do the podcast at all. <laughs> the Baby Mama's Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Baby Mama's Podcast. Make sure to like them on Facebook and give them a great review on iTunes. Have a good day.